close to the World Cup warm-ups. England sold out. Still some tickets for the Ireland game. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Former Wales prop Paul James celebrates his testimonial season with the Ospreys and looks back over his international career. I'm saying that was in the Millennium Stadium with the All Blacks. So it was like having your first cap all over again. Wales captain Karis Phillips and the Autumn Internationals for the women. Obviously we're going in the right direction from you know, two or three years ago with our Autumn series and you know, last year was a huge step up for us but I think this year now is the added extra. And women coaches increasingly coming into the men's game in Wales. It's just knocking on doors and breaking down barriers and normalising what it is and it's not looking at gender, it's about that person is the best person for that job. Former Ireland international Sophie Spence, now part of the coaching team at Penclough. We'll also hear from Sam Davis on his move from the Ospreys to the Dragons. More later, but let's start with former Wales prop Paul James, who'd managed to drag quite a few of his former playing colleagues out of retirement to take part in his testimonial game. It was also all a chance for him to look back and forwards with Alex Bywater. The Ospreys have employed me as a, as a coach. I've been coaching uh, academy age children and junior adult, so uh, yeah, 16 up to like 23, title as a skills coach, so uh, okay. you might see me teaching backs as well, <laughs> out of scrimmage. <laughs> You're passing on your kicking knowledge, eh? Yeah, no, it's, it's good at it, so I'm working with Duncan Jones, Richard Fussell and Andrew Bishop, so there's the four of us in the academy. Yeah, you know, the boys have been in their roles for a good few years now, so I'm, you know, I'm learning off them as well, but um, no, the transition's been good from playing into into coaching. Is so. coaching something you want to obviously pursue long? Yeah, you know, I played the game for years and I feel you know, it was an area I can give back a little bit as well, especially to the younger boys coming through. How much spoken to you have since you've had to retire? I guess that was like enforced really as kind of, was it taken out of your hands? Or? Yeah, yeah, surgery first time and it failed. I had surgery the second time and again it didn't really work so had a few injections and done everything I needed to do to try and get back. And the surgeon just sort of said, look, we've basically ticked everything which we could possibly try. So he basically said, look, you know, I don't have to you know, retire you from professional rugby. Yeah, it's sort of like it doesn't sink in until like a few months later. And, it, you know, it, it is hard, like, because, you know, you go from being with your mates every day, messing about basically and having a laugh and once it comes down to being serious, you see yes, but effectively you with your mates. So yeah, the first month is a bit of a blur to be honest. Like I had two months of unemployment, I suppose. Took a bit of time with my family for the first I don't know, few weeks I trained every day and my wife said to me, What are you doing like? Like relax a little bit. But yeah, it was a bit weird getting used to um and then obviously they, they offered me a job and coaching, so that was great, just get back in the fold and start being with the boys again, I suppose. But I, it was good as in, like, like it happened over Christmas time. So we went to New York, we took the kids to New York, and, yeah. you know, I'd done things which you can't do as a rugby player as well, which was nice, but effectively I was missing playing. When you had some time to reflect, then how do you reflect on your career? Because you, you had two World Cups, Grand Slams. Yeah, oh, look, I... Loved every moment of it. Can't really say I've got any regrets. Like I just played my way, and if it wasn't good enough, it wasn't good enough. I tried to give it my all on the field every time I played, and picked up a bit of silver along the way. Won a few titles with the Ospreys. Uh, won a few Grand Slams, represented Wales, and done everything I wanted to do. Really. How did being a prop 
change over the course of your career. Because you made you had that debut in 2002, and you kind of breached the, yeah. the era, didn't you? So yeah. Once I started, props and props, mate. Obviously no props now, these days. They've all got six packs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I preferred playing prop back in the day. You had to hit and chase, and you know it was a one-on-one -on -one contest. Now, like that one-on-one -on -one contest has been taken out because you more or less just folding in. And the refs telling you when you can push, which I think it spoils the scrums because both teams would have done so much weight training, so you're both strong. So the pressure is either going to go up or it's going to go down. So people are saying scrums are mess these days. It's a mess is because they've messed around with it too much. What were your best memories? Starting off, obviously, in 77 sisters. I went up as like a 17 year old kid. And back then, Sam's sisters, the rugby they were playing was in hard leagues. Like, it was games like that which sort of made you who you were like. You know, they helped me and brought me along. So I got capped in 2003, and then for two seasons didn't really play because my neck. Probably for another four seasons then, I was sort of bouncing in and out training squads, but never really had a crack. And then um, Gats called me into the squad then, so I trained with them, and Gats pulled us in and went, Gethin's going to be playing loose said and then there's going to be two other positions available because on the Tuesday and mind you I'd never played tight end I was a loose head on the Tuesday he named the team to play the All Blacks he named me a tight end and I was like can you name my right end with no heads up or nothing he just went really? you're going to be playing tight end I had all these emotions going to my head second cap like the easiest way to explain being a loose and a tight end is like being right handed and then somebody asking you to like right the left handed it is completely different because if you think as a loose head you're on the outside of the prop yeah, yeah. so you've only got one guy going against you as a tight dead you've got the loose head and the hooker yeah, yeah, yeah. both coming at you the scrums went alright I held my own and I actually played quite a bit of tight dead end for Wales Adam got injured and back then as well what probably helped me was you can only have one prop on the bench yeah, yeah. So obviously you needed something you could play both sides. So happy to get that second cap. Weird, because it was like a big gap. It was like having my first cap all over again. My first cap's in Wrexham as well. Yeah, and my second cap know. was in the Millennium Stadium with the All Blacks. So it was like having my first cap all over again. If, like, don't get me wrong, it was brilliant up in North Wales to have your first cap to play in the home, you know? Like, But again, it goes back to playing for like seven sisters. I was sort of like tough fun if you know what I mean playing on the cold face for seven nothing really fazed me as in like you know there's no point worrying about it it's either going to go good or it's going to go bad going to try your best but I, I do definitely believe like playing for seven sisters at such a young age taking beatings and learning like made me into the player I was from wander down memory lane let's get bang up to the present now with Wales women's captain Karis Phillips Looking forward to this autumn international series against Spain, Crochets and the Barbarians. A series of games which is developing for Wales women each year. Obviously we're going in the right direction from you know two or three years ago with our autumn series and you know last year was a huge step up for us. But I think this year now they'll added extra tough fixtures to especially with the barbers at the end and stuff. So I think it's one that I'm really looking forward to this year, I think, especially with these with the crochets as well and I think that added Excitement within an hour series is going to be—it's going to be fantastic. Did you watch the um, Barbar's double bill at Twickenham and think we want a part of that, or did you know it was coming anyway? Then I think it was spoken about. So I think you know having the massive um, 
achievement that they made out of the Twickenham game and the crowd that they brought in for that game was, was phenomenal for the women's game. And I think hopefully now when it comes to Wales, we can, um, especially double header, we can bring in the same support and um, that'd be fantastic for not only the game of rugby but the game of rugby in Wales as well for the women's especially. And um, it's one that um, you know we're definitely looking forward to and, and hopefully then we can. You know, a lot of young girls can come and watch and be interested in, in playing this fantastic sport that we can be. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. A lot of a blocker games as well. You've got the Crochets match, which we'll come back to, Spain playing as well. So how important is that block of games important to the development with the Six Nations and then obviously further ahead of World Cup? Yeah, massively. I think from last autumn, as shown when we played in the Six Nations, especially the last half of the campaign, how important those games were playing against those, those tough teams. So I think having this extended block this year with playing against more teams, it's all about playing games, I believe, as a squad to, to gel and to bond and to know what, what we like to play. And I think having this campaign is massively important for us as, as a country and yeah, it'll definitely pay off when we come then back to come around and come back to uh, the Six Nations cycle. And for yourself, last year, there's an awful lot of jumping around, wasn't there? There was regional, there was autumn internationals, there was playing over in England, there's playing for Wales. How did all that work for you? Yeah, obviously it was quite busy. It's come back around quite quick, to be fair. I didn't think about it the other day, how quick it's come back around. But obviously I've moved my rugby back to Wales now, back playing for Swansea. So that adds that little bit extra pressure off a little bit. Is that a recognition that the standard is improving? Because you almost had to move to England to play at your level before, didn't you? Yeah, I think definitely Swansea, we played a final here with Pontyclean. I think that game was an unbelievable one and definitely shows up that women's rugby in Wales is massively improving and, and that was a tough game. And regionals, I enjoyed my experience with the Ospreys last year. The whole pre-season and, and the campaign was, was fantastic and I believe that helped me quite a lot going then into the autumn series, coming to camp and stuff. So, yeah, I'm really excited for the cycle to, to start over again now. And that Barbarians game as well, the style of it. When you're under the cosh against England, they've got the, the pack, you don't see that much of the ball. It's going to be nice to play a game with the tradition that the Barbarians have, because that should suit them, shouldn't it? Yeah, I think, like we said, they love to, to throw a ball around, so I think playing against a team like that is going to be fantastic for us, and a new experience as well with flair, etc., because obviously you know, when it comes to international games, it's, it's quite structured and very specific, so against a team that can throw anything against you, yeah, it's an exciting one, I think, that to be able to play in and have that opposition is going to be unbelievable with you know some names that will probably be named in there that we've never played against before in my life so it's going to be another experience as well added on to that then to get a chance to, to play against this fantastic club. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. the central coaches involved with both the Crochets and the Barbarians is former Wales captain Rachel Taylor, who also coaches the men in Colwyn Bay. That's just the start of something, it seems. Former Ireland international Sophie Spence has just joined the coaching team at Penn Clough. She explained how that came about to Alex Bywater. There was an advertisement, so it was um, one of my partner's friends that said, actually, there's Penn Clough looking for a new forwards coach. A little while back and I didn't kind of think much into it because I was busy with here and then we were away on holiday and I thought actually do you know I'm going to send my CV in and I literally had to screenshot my CV because we were away and just sent it in and then they contacted me to come in and uh, have a chat with them so yeah yeah so you chuffed yeah uh, it, it's something that I'm really looking forward to getting my teeth back into because um, I've been out of it since my last camp would have been last August 
so kind of in terms of coaching haven't done anything um, through the winter and things like done little bits and pieces but nothing you know intense and being around like a constant team you know yeah. and that's something that I miss and I suppose I've been searching for since I've moved over as well yeah so you when know? did you retire I retired the end of 2017 was, yeah. that, was that after the World Cup? So the World Cup, yeah. So after the World Cup, played then a few club matches. Well, I was rehabbing, so played Leinster and a couple of club matches. And then finished in 2017. And then um, finished the club season and played for the Barbarians, and that was me. And you moved over here with your Last partner, year. is that correct? She's from here, so she was already okay. based here. Basically, I was the one finished up and job was finishing, so I yeah. took the plunge. Just specifically on Pink Cloud, I mm. mean, I would imagine that lots of men went for the job. So it's, you know, it's great yeah. to have a woman involved because I don't know if you know, but Rachel Taylor coaches. Yeah, yeah, um, she's up north. I Coleman Bay. Yeah. I know Shuan is um, within Swansea University yeah. and does bits and pieces with uh, both teams. In terms of female rugby, it's forward steps. But I, I think, well, why not? Why would you not give people the opportunity who's played at that level and, you know, to pass on knowledge? And I think that's the biggest thing. It's not necessarily about teaching gender it's about passing on skills that, yeah. you know that you've developed from you know other coaches other players and it's I don't know everything I love to learn you know and I know that I've got a lot to learn within the game as well and that's what I'm excited about to learn from players as well do you know yeah. so have you been in and have you talked to the players and Ben is the backs coach who is the two of us so I don't know if he's going to take on more of a head coach role but I've met a few of the lads from coming in here last week okay. and things which is nice do you know they're trying to suss things out a little bit but it seems like really positive from the group and I think they're excited about it which I am and it's going to be a new environment for both of us because as you say first female coach for them do you know and as a new coach any gender going in it's about earning respect and things and but about bringing my ideas around and hopefully it'll not take too long for them to understand what I want to be able to do and obviously for me to see what the capabilities are and how we can I suppose put areas of improvement in place and things. Yeah. How do you think you're going to find it because I imagine it's quite it could be possibly quite daunting you know, a woman in a man's environment not that it should be but yeah, um, I don't know, when they said to me in an interview about, oh, you would be the first female, how do you feel about it? I laughed because, to me, rugby can be such a male-dominated sport, but I suppose if you're getting into coaching or if you're playing at an elite level, you are surrounded by men, you're surrounded by, your coaches are generally male, do you know, your physios, your doctors, whoever it is, and I suppose you've got to have the confidence as a person, as a player, as a coach, to be able to communicate effectively, that has to be key, not be shy about uh, the biggest thing for me if I didn't know anything there's no harm in me going away and researching something that we can you know make better and I think that's about being open in that open, open communication could you ever see a day where like a men's professional team has a woman why not coaching? why yeah. not I mean you look at the female referees now in the game Joy Neville finished yeah. with us in 2013 and look at what she's doing it's just knocking on doors and breaking down barriers and normalising what, what something is and it's not looking at gender it's about that person is the best person for that job. Finally, one of the big moves of the summer within Wales was outside half Sam Davis going from the Ospreys to the Dragons. It was a very logical move for me. Uh, it made sense in many ways. Not only is there an exciting young team here, um, having spoken to all the coaching staff, and you know the final point for me was speaking to Dean and just seeing the ambition that was here. You know, it was really exciting for me to know that the Dragons are being really ambitious. And, you know, I'm keen to be part of that ambition. How difficult was it to leave the Ospreys because it's the region you played for, you were born in? How difficult was that decision as well? 
Yeah, it was a very difficult decision. Um, you know, I think I made that pretty clear, but when I thought about it, it, it made sense. I leave a lot of friends behind in the Ospreys, but it's time for me to move on in my career, and I'm really looking forward to the, the new chapter. It wasn't a case of the signed hands come and moving. It was more a case of seeing the ambition, having a fresh start, really. You know, I'd been there for a long time as well, and as much as a hard decision it was, I also think that moving on can be good sometimes, and you know, that excites me. Why the Dragons, and what was it about this place that made you think I should come here? The ambition moving forward, like I said, was critical. It, you know, it's a team where I think I can make a difference. Uh, there's a lot of exciting young boys here already, you know, and hopefully now, with the addition of me, and we can you know, really look to push forward as a region. You haven't played well for a couple of years. Is that something that is still ambitious for you? Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm only 25 years old, so you know, hopefully, you know, looking forward, there's a new coaching team coming in, and if, if we can get things right here, then that'll certainly give me a bit of recognition, hopefully. The last couple of years, how would you view your time at the Ospreys? You know, obviously, you had that great season when yeah. you burst in the Wales. So how would you view the last couple of seasons? Um, I'd say, so not last season, the season before probably wasn't my greatest of seasons. You know, I started the season with a groin injury and probably played myself into a bit of a hole, but... You know, last season I think there was some fairly decent performances there and you know I got us along with a lot of other boys to be in the top Welsh region. So, you know, looking forward to this year, look just looking to build on and kick on with that really. Do you think the best rugby's ahead of you now? Yeah, definitely, you know, I think you've got to be positive with it and you know if I can get this team moving in, in the right direction then that'll enable me to perform well as well. You've always had a tough time here at the Ospreys, haven't you? It's never an easy place to come and I think if we can make it that place next year then that only benefits us. No, I don't think it's going to be a case of we're going to shoot to the top of the table because I've signed you. I mean, you know, if we can start to build off, off, off what was good last year, you know, they beat us. I could see me missing a kick. But no, and, you know, they beat the Scarlets at the end of the season. But from my opinion, if we can make this kind of a, a really tough place to come, which, you know, back in the days it did used to be, then that's going to push us in the right direction. And your relationship with Rodri? I mean, we've had some good days together. Yeah. Yeah, we've had some very good days together in terms of, you know, that under-20s campaign for me was something I look back on and, you know, it's, it's a real, real good time in my career. And that was with Rodri. And, you know, to have a half-back partner who we've got trust in and who we've played with before only gives me confidence. So, you know, the decision being a hard one, if you look at everything, add everything up, it's not really that tough, you know. When I knew I was going to make the decision to come here, I just got in touch with him to let him know. You've always been the youngster coming through with all the potential, played very well, yeah. played for Wales this year. This is a hell of a decision yeah. in your life, isn't it? Yeah. And how difficult has that process been? That's probably why I was to and fro at the start of the decision. Now I've made the decision and you know, you get that gut feeling and you know at the moment it's good. So that tells me I've made the right decision and so does a lot of other things. Now I'm just really excited to get in with the boys and really having a crack at, you know, this story which we're gonna make it. Did going across the bridge or going to France or going anywhere else excite you, tempt you? Or? Um, I suppose a little bit does, but then when I think about it log logically again, I think about my Wales ambitions and I think about the opportunity that was going to arise here and it was a no-brainer. Like, don't get me wrong, at the start of the season when there was a bit of interest there, it was, you know, it was exciting and you, know, you kind of think, oh God, could, could I do this? But I'm 25 years old, I've got a lot of playing time left in my career. And, you know, I've got ambitions to play for Wales, so if I move away now, that's gone. And, you know, I could become the forgotten man. I want to stamp my authority down on the team here in Wales. And this is the best opportunity for me to do so. And playing in red is still the huge ambition above maybe the money? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think that's quite clear in all this banding stuff that's come out anyway. So, yeah.
Playing for Red is definitely one of the, well, that's the main reason I'm staying, you know. So that's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We're ready for the World Cup warm-ups next week. But until then, goodbye.